0: Hey, how's that band going? Uh, it's mainly me these days. Ah! I just want to finish my album.
1: You have been trying to finish this album for three years. One, two, three. Ah! What
0: is this? It's a progressive form of frog. I've been calling it, uh, uh frog squared. The only way I listen
1: to
2: your music is if you tie me up at gunpoint and you forced
1: me to. And don't play it here again or...
2: What's going on?
0: I think we have a new neighbor. What is up with this guy? to some kind of I am now living in order <laughs> to driving me crazy? <laughs> oh, oh, you are headed into chaos. What? Blood it will be spilt. you got to
1: stand on your own two feet and say, Get, Get out of my picture, because I'm cooking!
2: <laughs> William, use your
1: demons. Don't let them use you. <laughs>
2: So you've killed somebody. Relax. Just need to know how to get rid of a body. Hello, we. Ah!
0: I'm not a mass murderer. I'm a mass manslaughterer. It's time to make a
2: hit record. I'm
0: alive. Shut up. You didn't hear that, did you? You yelling
2: shut up at nobody? Yeah, I heard it was very loud.
1: That, that is not what rock and roll
0: is all about. What's wrong? You're a loser and you're gonna die
2: you loser.
1: Now that was rock and roll. Stop. Just people. And cool. don't murder anyone else.
0: Hello everybody and welcome to the latest episode of Fresh Cuts. This is Mike.
1: And joining me as always is Mr. Venom. What's up, Venom? Greetings and salutations, Prague Rockers. Yeah, I'm doing pretty well. Just uh got finished listening to uh one of my favorite Prague albums, but uh that'll be a story for another day. How you doing, Mike?
0: <laughs> I'm doing well. Uh glad to be here finishing off like our our like ten day. Madness uh, of recording like three episodes. So uh, good to get it out of the way. Um, All right. Also with us, it's it's Don and Nelly. What's up, Don?
2: Here. What's going on? Always happy to be here.
0: All right. So uh, last week we covered our first theatrical release of the new year, and now we're right into our first shutter release of the new year. Uh, This one is called Destroy All Neighbors, and the IMDb synopsis is as follows. Struggling prog rock musician William Brown finds himself in a living nightmare when he accidentally kills Vlad, the neighbor from hell. All right, so let's start off like usual with our general thoughts. So Venom, tell us what you thought about Destroy All Neighbors.
1: Man, I still don't really know what I think of this movie. Uh, as I'm watching it, I'm not really having the greatest time. And which is odd, because I love Jonah Ray. I, I, I've said it before, I'll say it again. You know, he's the current host of Mystery Science Theater Three Thousand, uh, which is potentially one of my favorite shows of all time. I like his stand-up. I like um the show that he does with Camille Nanjani. Uh, Almost everything that he has his hands in, I generally like. And the last movie that we did with him in it, which uh, was the anthology with the hammer of Zanzibar, which I thought was endlessly entertaining, this one... I don't know and I'm a musician too so this this story really should have spoken to me and it's just one of those things where uh, like his his downward spiral like doesn't make any sense it 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 almost seems forced you know mm-hmm. it doesn't seem earned at all um his psychosis you know <laughs> if you can even call it that I mean this movie tends to get a little bit confusing on what's real and what's just in uh Willie's you know, vision or hallucination or whatever the case may be. They kind of play around with that, with those rules a little bit. Jonah Ray's performance is okay. You know, he's always the lovable loser. I'm, I think I'm at the point where I'm starting to get a little, uh, I'm wearing thin on um, the Jonah Ray character that he plays in most of his movies. I, w- I wish he would kind of try to act a little bit more outside of his, uh, you know, his comfort zone, if you will. I'll give the movie credit. It, it's it's mildly gory. It has some decent, you know, gore scenes in it, which I would expect from a horror comedy. Um, unfortunately, again, I just didn't really find it all that funny. There are moments throughout the movie that did make me laugh. There's a scene where his girlfriend Emily tells a 25-minute story just to kind of um, – Delay the cops from arresting him. I thought that scene was mildly funny. There are other scenes, too, um, that are mildly funny. And man, Alex Winter, I I expected so much more from him. He's he's probably the funniest uh, character in the movie. He plays the aforementioned Vlad. And he looks nothing like himself. It's, for those of you who've seen Tusk, it's kind of like Johnny Depp's character in Tusk, where you would never in a million years pick out that that's Johnny Depp. Like, if you didn't already know this was Alex Winter, you wouldn't likely be able to just pick it out and say, oh, hey, he looks like one of the Bill and Ted guys. No. Um, so, I don't know. I'm, I'm on the fence on this movie. Like, I can't say that I disliked it. But it really didn't do that much for me. Like I said, just, just the the formula of this movie, it felt very much like it was trying to do Tucker and Dale. And Tucker and Dale is a thousand times the movie that this is. So, yeah. I, like I said, I'm just I'm not sure where to put this. Like, do I want to hate it? I definitely know I don't want to like it. Uh, it has its moments. Like I said, there's some good gore. There's some good comedy. There's some pretty decent dialogue. Um, mostly between uh, Jonah Ray and his girlfriend Emily, or should I say Willie and his girlfriend Emily. Uh, some some decent back and forth between uh, Willie and some of his quote unquote victims. But overall, I don't know. I just the movie didn't speak to me, I guess, and I really wanted it to. Mm-hmm. Um, a- after last week's boring start to 2024 uh, with the haunting, wi- the haunted wishing well. I I really wanted to have, like, a bounce back in week two, and this movie just didn't do it for me. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people love it, and that's great. I hope so. You know, I like I said, I like Jonah Ray. I like Alex Winter. I hope this movie is successful. I hope that most people enjoy it more than I did. But for me, I found it to be kind of frustrating at times, um, confusing at times, like the world building. It, it's very head-scratching. Um. There's even events in the movie that don't make sense. Like, at one point, uh, our main character's arrested because his girlfriend tells the cops that there's a body in his apartment, but then when the cops search the apartment, there's no body. But then five minutes later, there's a fucking SWAT team outside his recording studio ready to arrest him, and I'm like, what the hell's going on? Weren't you just released, like, five minutes ago? Like, there's holes all over this story that some people might be a little bit more forgiving of than I am, but for me... This is just not a very coherent story. Um, It it seems like they're going for a heartfelt um, ending, which I, as a musician, I hate the ending of this movie. This prog rock album won the Grammy for album of the year. Are you fucking kidding me? Like I said, there's so much suspension of disbelief. There's so much... That you're going to have to forgive if you really, really want to get into this movie. So, all in all, it's not a bad movie. It's just, it's not very scary. It's not very funny. It's more funny than scary. That's for goddamn sure. This is definitely a comedy horror, not a horror comedy. Um, performances are fine. Editing, the score was okay. If you kind of like, you know, uh, either prog rock or EDM, I think this score will work for you. If you like both, then the score will probably definitely work for you. But, yeah, for me, this movie just left me wanting more. Like, I was disappointed with where the story went. I'm disappointed. (laughs) And am I the only one who thought Vlad was a vampire? (laughs) I mean, his fucking name is Vlad, and he has a Western European accent, Eastern European accent. Uh, So, you know, that kind of almost feels like a missed opportunity for the movie. But, like I said, all in all... It's a story of a man dealing with his psychosis in a fairly comical way, but it just really doesn't work for me that much. You know, if if anybody else likes this movie more than me, then awesome. I'm glad because uh, we need more movies like this, more lighthearted horror comedies. But for whatever it's worth, this one just, it it didn't make me tense. I never felt a sense of urgency for any of the characters in the movie. Uh, I never felt really a sense of danger for any of the characters in the movie. And... All in all, it just really didn't work for me. I mean, about about the best thing I can say is that it's an 85-minute movie, so it's a quick watch. Pacing is nice. Um, And like I said, there are some quality aspects to the movie, like its gore, um, you know, some of its comedy, its soundtrack, things like that. But all in all, this is a movie that really left me wanting a lot more and and. Ultimately, I would probably give this a middle of the road rating. Like I'm not saying this is a bad movie, not by any stretch. It just and I, and I'm fully um I'm fully aware of the fact that I am the crotch of the old man on the show and that maybe this style of comedy just doesn't work for me anymore. Maybe twenty years ago it did work for me, but for whatever it's worth, um, the last few horror comedies that we've looked at on the show have been mildly disappointing to me. So yeah. I'm going to say I'll give Destroy All Neighbors a mild recommendation with a little bit of a warning um, that if you're not really into, you know, ultra lowbrow comedy, this may not work for you. But at at least it was a mildly fun experience. I will say that the scenes where the movie isn't leaning heavily on its comedy works fairly well, so yeah, I, I'm going to say it's about a middle of the road to slightly above average horror comedy, and I'll leave my general thoughts at that.
0: All right, well, you leave them off, Don picks them up, so Don, what are your
2: general thoughts on Destroy All Neighbors? Well, uh, Venom can't go this far, but I certainly can. I fucking hated this. Um <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot here that didn't work for me, Uh, namely the comedy. Um, I don't even really remember chuckling at anything. Uh, None of this really made me endeared to the character. I didn't find Vlad funny. I didn't find Emily funny. I didn't find uh, the weird uh, neighbors that just get wrapped into everything here funny. And... I I think one of the comments Venom said hit exactly right with me where it's not Ernst. I, I I don't have any real connection to him based on what goes on here. There's very little, uh, you know, interest in his life beyond, Oh, you're just, you know, this lovable loser. But I, I, I don't really give a shit. You just keep calling him a lovable loser that tries to finish this, you know, prog rock dream of his. But that's really all, uh, that's really it. And that's not really enough to to make me, you know, gravitate to this plot line. And then the whole thing is just, well, you kill this one guy accidentally, and then two seconds later, you're dismembering his body in the tub based off of the, this weird, I don't even know what the hell it was. I mean, it's this, series of YouTube videos about this guy that's trying to teach him how to play bass and all of a sudden it turns into disposing of a body like two Mm -hmm. seconds later and it's like what the hell and it's supposed to be presented as comedy but none of it's funny none of it makes any sense as to what goes on because the entire thing was a total accident and this is supposed to be like the instigating factor into the film like I I I didn't get it. I I didn't know what was going on here. Nothing made sense. Nothing felt earned. It was just oh well, look how goofy and outrageous we are. And I that that doesn't work for me. Uh, that that's never worked for me. Just you know throwing a bunch of random crap at the screen and then saying well here this, you know this is supposed to be funny. That that doesn't for me for me that doesn't work as comedy. And I didn't laugh at anything, the interactions that he has with, you know, the random people just keep getting dragged into this and, you know, more bodies just keep piling up. One phone call to the police would have cleared everything. And there's no logical reason why this continues as as it does. There's no reason how any of this transpires. And it, it just randomly keeps going off into these weird, zany adventures, and all of a sudden, he's confronted by these beings that are able to create this rock album that are... How how the hell did they record anything if they're all in his imagination? Like I I don't get that. Like... if these things are actually in his imagination, which is what it's supposed to be, how the hell did they actually record the album that he's been trying to do this entire time? And yeah, nothing in here makes sense. It's just, well, look at this random and wacky adventure we're going on. Look at all these gruesome body prosthetics. And and that's not enough for me anymore. Uh, I I don't know. I'm probably like, I, I, I know I would probably have liked this years ago. But, yeah, I, I'm going to need more from this. Uh, I'm going to need, you know, some coherent through line. I'm going to need a coherent story. And I I, I don't know. Fuck Bill. Uh, I'm going to say this. You know? <laughs> I haven't seen any of the movies, but, yeah, fuck that asshole. <laughs> Isn't that who he played?
1: Uh, I think so. I always get Bill and Ted reversed. So you're probably right. If, if it, yeah, I yeah. Uh, I've never yeah. even seen one.
2: I've never even oh, seen I've one. Oh, I've seen them all. So. Uh,
1: I, I actually do enjoy them. I should know who Bill and Ted is. I think I think Keanu is Ted, so I think you're right. I think Bill is Alex Winter.
2: Anyways, yeah. So, yeah, I, I guess that's it for me. I I had very little to say enjoyable about this. I I, I mean, in principle, in concept, the gore isn't bad. But, yeah, uh, they, they look good, but, I mean, I can see better stuff. I can see equivalently well-made gore in better movies, so that doesn't work for me anymore. So, yeah, uh, total skip, total miss, and, uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I've got on this one, at least for now.
0: Okay, so I think I liked it a little bit better than you guys, but honestly, yeah, the most I can give it is kind of like a middling middle of the road endorsement um the positives are kind of what's already been mentioned like the practical effects and gore are fine um i did like the the designs of like uh some of the characters that died and came back as like their dead versions that that was cool but the the problem is like if you're even going to call this like if you're going to put horror in the title well the, the the main problem is like i think it's about 40 minutes in it it basically drops any notion of like horror other unless you're just going to count like kind of like the grotesque uh-huh. designs of like some of the dead characters as the horror element if that if that's what you're leaning on for the horror and the horror comedy fine okay i'll, I'll give that to you but honestly i think the movie worked best with what they were doing in like the first 30 minutes when it was based a confrontation with a weird foreign neighbor and like I thought that was going to be like more the crux of the movie I was like okay well let's see how this develops you know you we've all had experience with annoying neighbors and looks like you know this one mm-hmm. obviously with the makeup that Vlad's in he's already kind of goofy looking like right off the bat so it's like oh this is going to escalate and and then when the things happen to Vlad so early in the movie, I was like, okay, where the hell are they going to go with this? And then it just turns into, like, a straight comedy, um, which is okay if it's not supposed to be, like, a horror comedy, but that that's the problem, is they just drop any I, any notion of it being horror, and, yeah, this, the story kind of meanders. I feel like the, the, um, the relationship and the girlfriend character is just... It doesn't even really need to be there, it's like, most of the stuff she's involved in doesn't really affect the movie. Like, uh, I can't remember which one of you guys said, but, like, there's a point where she calls the cops about a body. Body's not there. He's cleared anyway. Then she shows up to help with, like,
2: uh-huh.
0: a situation. Like, like, she just randomly <laughs> shows back up to help with something, which really doesn't have any effect, which... As was already mentioned, too, the whole scene in itself doesn't make sense. About like, well, why did this SWAT team even? Why are they there? Like, it it doesn't make sense. The more you think about it, so. Oh, um, but yeah, it's like good that it's eighty-five. Like they didn't try to like stretch too much, um, because yeah, this movie didn't belong being any longer than it was. Um, I agree. The the comedy itself wasn't that funny and that's the problem it's like when, when when you get a horror comedy that in this case is leaning on the comedy so much more than the horror you better make sure it's funny and it just it just wasn't it wasn't that funny um, and yeah there's just a lot of nonsensical stuff as far as like what they're not giving us any idea of whether this is really happening or not or if it's just psychosis in his head and the problem is, like there's so many scenes that involve other people with them. it's like well how can how can it be even be possible that it's skewing this way when the very next scene makes it seem it's skews the next way
2: yeah.
0: Um, but yeah i I wish we just would have got more of what they were setting up in like the first half hour and just made it a movie about like. A neighbor from hell and like maybe them continually going back and forth with their shenanigans against Mm -hmm. each other and then it just escalates and you know and they come up with a finale there because I thought at that point okay the movie might have something but I don't know maybe it's just another one of those cases where you have a small you have a you know a small movie that uh, they have like a decent idea to begin with and they just get a little too big big scope for what you know what they're able to uh actually pull off and it gets a little too big for its own good and that's when i think the movie starts to go downhill and it unfortunately doesn't really recover because yeah like you said the ending i don't know i don't think they stick to landing either that's the main problem and it just sucks because it's like movies like this i want i want when it was over i was like okay that was okay but like Man, I wanted to like it a lot more than I did because I really appreciate the yeah. practical effects. Uh, like any time a movie is is gonna put in the time and effort to do that, it's like I am gonna give them like kudos for that. But man, just get that get that special effects team for
1: like a better movie next time. Yeah. <laughs> I feel I feel like if Peter Jackson would have made this movie, it would have just come off endlessly funnier and definitely more in the horror genre, too. I mean, look at Dead Alive. He's already done it. I mean, he already made a classic horror comedy with Dead Alive that has ridiculous amounts of gore and is still genuinely funny. And unfortunately, yeah. Yeah, and, I, yeah, in I, a,
0: and they in a movie like that, it's like, he he sets up and develops like the relationship between mm-hmm. uh, the two the two characters that kind of makes sense and makes you kind of root for them as a couple. Where in this one it just like felt like the the girlfriend character just was tacked on and, and she didn't really need to be there because most of what she does through the movie has zero consequence to the story. Like they they put her in the story. Uh, Just because, but it's like nothing she really does affects anything because the things that she does, it's like, well, add zero bearing on what happened next to the character at any time. So, I mean, yeah, it sucks.
1: I'll still give her credit for delaying the cops so that Willie could finish his album. I think that was probably one purpose in the the movie. (laughs) That's probably her
0: the character's shining moment. And uh, this oh, is not a reflection on the uh, actress. She was
1: fun. No, no, no.
0: She didn't have a lot to work with.
1: Yeah, it, it definitely, it definitely didn't feel like, uh, like they had a lot of chemistry as a couple. Um, and, and like you said, we don't get really get a lot of backstory. So it's, it, we don't get a lot of character development, so you don't end up caring about any of these people. I don't, I don't, I legitimately don't care about anybody in this movie, and and that's a failure on the screenwriters. You know, you 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 need to make me care about these characters. Just because Willie is uh, a lovable douchebag it doesn't make him a likable character. Not at all. He's got to have something about him. I mean, I'll still take him over. Onyx, the uh, whatever the fuck his name was, but uh, still, you know, it it still just doesn't ring funny to me. And it seems like I found it the funniest of the three of us. Like I said, there were some scenes where I actually did laugh, but just not enough of them, sadly. And and like Mike says, the horror, I mean, where's the horror? The horror of the movie is in the gore. And that's it. That that's where the horror is. Um, pretty much, uh, you know, the psychosis kind of leans more towards psychological thriller, you know, with a tinge of comedy, uh, a little bit. So, I don't know. This is a movie that definitely left a lot to be desired. It could have been funnier. It could have been gorier. It could have <laughs> just made more sense. Like my personally, the biggest egregious thing that this movie does is how it's constantly breaking its own rules of what's a hallucination and what isn't. There's a scene where um, Willie, and this might be leaning into spoiler territory, so I'm sorry, folks, but ultimately I don't care that much about this fucking movie, so I'm talking. Um, There's a scene where Willie kills one of his neighbors, and in the scene... Two people that Willie has already killed, their like spirits or whatever you want of their ghosts are there talking to Willie. The 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 neighbor that Willie is about to kill doesn't see those characters. Like like when Willie actually addresses Vlad during that scene, Philip literally says, Who are you talking to? You know, there's nobody here. But then Literally a few minutes later, when they get to the recording studio, suddenly the studio owner and the douchebag uh, recording artists that are there, they can see the ghosts and they actually interact with them. So, yeah, this movie is just constantly breaking its own rules. Are these hallucinations or are these physical, tangible specters or whatever that, that, you know, are... Tormenting Willie. Obviously, most of us would lean towards the the easy answer of just saying this is all in Willie's head. But then there are multiple scenes in the movie that break that that break that rule. So it's like, well, what the fuck? You're not establishing your world rules properly. And if you're constantly breaking your own rules, you're constantly going to be taking the audience out of the experience. And, And Like I said, to the point where you're breaking your own rules in consecutive scenes. Like, one scene will establish this, and then the very next fucking scene will break that rule. What is the point of this? Like, are you just trying to confuse the audience as much as Willie is confused? I guess if that's the case, well, you've succeeded. Because I had no fucking idea what was going on most of the time in this movie. Is this actually happening? Is this in Willie's head? Blah, blah, blah. And then the whole thing with the cops letting him go after he was actually accused of a murder because they didn't find a body or any blood in, in his apartment, huh? And then in the, in the very next fucking scene, there's a SWAT team at the recording studio calling Willie a mass murderer and wanting to arrest him. Like, this movie, is it just jumps around all over the place. It, it, the continuity is shit. And and the ending. Holy shit did I hate this fucking ending. Holy shit did I hate this fucking ending. Like this this made zero it's, sense whatsoever. It's, <laughs> it's, it's like it's, it's, it's
0: it says a lot, but one of the things that perked up my attention the most is when I realized the uh the uh, the apartment complex manager lady is the mom from Karate Kid. I was like, oh shit! I was like, she got old.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it was nice to see some recognizable faces. Tom Lennon is in here from yeah. Reno Nine One One, so you know, and and he is mildly funny. Uh, I mean, he he's basically playing the same character he plays in every. Thing that he does, you know, kind of a, an effeminately gay uh, character. Be it an, a, and he's an authority figure here, just like he is in Reno 911. So yeah, he's basically just playing the same character he plays in every movie. Um, it's effective for a little while, but after, by the time we have the second scene with Tom Lennon's character, I already hate him. It's already like, okay, I don't need to see you anymore. You're just bringing the movie down. Well yeah, the and other and again, dude I was
0: paired with him sucked, I thought. Oh I thought Bang oh a, Bang annoying.
1: Jansen. Oh he well I that think that was like, the point.
0: <laughs> that no that joke was so one note, yeah.
1: Oh, very one note. And they did it like six times in the fucking movie. So upsetting. Uh yeah, I don't know. Uh <laughs> I, like I said, I gave this a mild recommend earlier, but please take that with a grain of salt. Um, if you're a gigantic fan of horror comedies, then I guess, just to be a completionist, go ahead and check it out. It's on Shutter, so if you already have a Shutter subscription or know someone who has one, then it won't cost you anything. But I'm not even sure if I can recommend, you know, um, investing the 85 minutes for this movie, because all three of us kind of walk away from this one disappointed. And, uh, you know, if none of us liked it, it's it's not going to look good for the community because usually at least one of us will like a movie that the other two hate or vice versa, whatever the case may be. But when all three of us are universally down on it, and I honestly thought I was going to be the lowest, and I I almost feel like I'm kind of the highest on it. Like I said, I called it middle of the road to slightly leaning towards above average, but even that's being generous, very, very generous, so – all right boys uh anything uh anything else you want to talk about before we get into well any more spoilers
2: <laughs> uh,
1: nah. huh, like i know. like i like i said like i I would still say
0: check it out maybe just 'cause like the i think the practical effects are yeah. good there's some interesting gags they do um especially once vlad yeah. is like dead i i think mm-hmm. I think vlad like it's himself like the character is cool. I just think uh, they they done more and and centralized it more on the two the two guys just having multiple or like confrontations throughout it. But it's uh, it's like at a certain point, like everyone's kind of like on the same team almost, like like they're all cool now. So like there goes any of that. So,
1: but but (laughs) Vlad never. I guess that's a mild
0: spoiler too. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Whatever. Glad though, sometimes it seems like he's against Willie, and then in the very next scene it seems like he's on Willie's side, and then in the very next scene again, again he's against him. So this, this is what I mean about the movie. It is so disjointed and uh, not consistent. It's incredibly inconsistent, and because of mm-hmm. that, I don't think this is going to go down as anything, you know, too popular um, <laughs> by any stretch. <laughs> All right, folks. So this is going to be your final spoiler warning. Um, If you haven't seen the movie and you do kind of want to check it out, go ahead and pause the show and come back. Otherwise, if you've seen it or don't care, join us for our little walkthrough. All right, then, so our movie opens up with um, with what's actually a pretty cool uh, graphics opening credit sequence, like the graphics are kind of psychedelic, almost kaleidoscope looking, so, and then during the credits, it says effects by Gabe Bartolos, uh, for those who don't know, Gabe Bartolos did the effects for um, the Kree Master Cycle, all six of the Kree Master movies, and um, what else did he do? he He directed and did the effects for Skinned Deep, if you remember that movie from I think nineteen ninety somewhere around that range. Um he's also done some effects for uh, a couple of zombie movies as well. Uh, he actually teaches a course out here at um at Cal Northridge and I've actually uh, gone to a couple of his seminars and over the years kind of became friends with him. So I've actually got a bunch of signed stuff of his. Um, really cool guy. So when I saw his name in the credits, I got excited because I love Gabe's effects. And ultimately the effects are probably the best part of this movie. So there you go. All right. Our movie opens up and we're introduced to, uh, Willie who, uh, William Brown is his real uh, name. <laughs> You're going to, everybody's going to call him Willie just because of how much Vlad calls him Willie. And it just makes sense to call him Willie and not William. But we're introduced to William. He is a, you know, a prog rocker, if you will. He's um he's he's trying to work on his own album of prog rock that he's been working on for years. He works at a recording studio. As I mentioned earlier, Tom Lennon uh, plays the recording studio uh, owner. His name is Scott. He is at the studio at a session, and he ends up accidentally um, – oh, no, that's later. I'm sorry. Um, he ends up getting to work late. That's what it is. On the first day, he ends up getting to work late. And uh the recording artist that they're working with that day is an absolute douchebag. I for uh what the hell was his full name? I know it was Bang. There it is, Caleb Bang Jansen. Just an absolute douchebag, washed up, garbagey. I mean, I don't even think we even get to hear any of his music, but he's just he's a complete asshole. Um he's an asshole to Willie. And he's kind of a sideways asshole to the owner of the studio, um, if you know what I mean by that. You know, like, he's an asshole, but he kind of tries to act cool with him at the same time. You know, one of those douchebags, a troll, if you will. Anyway, they end the session um, (laughs) after an entire day of recording. They end the session. Willie goes home. Um, His girlfriend, Emily, is at their apartment waiting. And... Uh, basically, we're introduced to a couple of his neighbors. There's a guy named Alex, who is an actor. We actually meet him as he's moving out of the house, out of the apartment. And he actually lived in the apartment next to Willie and Emily. So
2: <clears throat>
1: we 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 were introduced to Eleanor, who's the landlady, um, quirky little landlady, who basically doesn't want to spend any money to take care of the building. She basically has Willie. Since Willie is a musician and electrician, Uh, she basically has him doing all the repairs in the building for free, even though he continuously always tells her, you need to call somebody, you're the super, you're the landlady, it's your job to do this, and of course she's always like, oh, but I have you, blah, 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 like the sweet old lady that she is. Uh, and then we're introduced to Philip. And Philip, everybody in the apartment except Emily calls Philip pig guy because he actually owns a couple of pet pigs. They're actually emotional support animals, we find out later in the movie. Even though we never see them wearing their red vest, later in the film, Philip lets us know that they're emotional support pigs. Um, so those are, you know, kind of uh, his neighbors. Like I said, we meet Alex uh, as he is moving out of the building. And that evening, after Alex moves out, we see this large, you know, heavy-set guy moving into the apartment and basically moving a couch by himself. Willie notices him in the hall, um, and just kind of, as soon as, um, Vlad, we find out later that his name is Vlad. As soon as Vlad looks over at Willie, Willie runs into his apartment scared, like he was doing something wrong. But again, just establishing the kind of wishy-washy idiot that Willie is. And then basically as soon as Vlad moves in, he's playing EDM music like all night at incredibly high volumes, just constant thumping dance music. For those who don't know, EDM is uh, European dance music or electronic dance music, depending on who you ask. Um, so basically he finally he, he's having a back and forth, which is another attempt at comedy. You know, the movie where Emily and Willie are having a back and forth trying to decide what to do. Uh, Emily tells him, just go knock on his door and tell him to turn the music down. But, of course, Willie is, you know, one of these non-confrontational guys. He doesn't want to get in anybody's face. So he decides to bang on the wall. And as soon as he bangs on the wall just once, music in Vlad's apartment just stops dead, cold. It's just total silence. And then we hear footsteps, which this is another thing that doesn't make sense because this is the only scene where we hear Vlad's footsteps. The rest of the movie we never do. But we hear Vlad's large, um, menacing footsteps going to his front door and then walking down the hall to in front of Willie's door. Willie sneaks up to his door, looks through the peephole, just in time to see Vlad spit a loogie right at the, uh, the peephole. And that's pretty much where it ends there. Next day, uh, he talks to Emily, lets her know that, you know, he fucked up and that he did that. And now that this guy spit on his door, he ends up calling the police, believe it or not, just because this guy spit on his door. Ends up calling the police. The police come over. Now, the police, uh, uh, again, uh, an attempt at comedy. It takes the police over two hours to get there. And Willie is waiting outside the entire two hours when the police finally get there willie goes upstairs to his apartment to find alex uh excuse me not alex (laughs) vlad and his girlfriend emily having a cup of coffee in his apartment and which freaks him out instantly Uh, vlad kind of apologizes to willie for all the noise but then as soon as emily isn't paying attention he changes his demeanor instantly and he's just like fuck you faggot boy Why don't you fight me? Blah, blah, blah. Like, as long as Emily's not in earshot, Vlad treats Willie like an absolute asshole. Um, Later that evening, once again, the music is just too much. And it's to the point where Emily can still sleep through the music. Uh, Once again, there's a gag or joke in the movie that um, Willie's ear canals are too small for standard earbuds or earplugs. So he they, he literally can't just put in earplugs to avoid What's-His-Face's music, whereas Emily has normal-sized ear canals, so she, of course, can deal with it. <laughs> After a while, Emily just can't take it. Um, well, well, before that, um, it's the next day. Willie goes to work, and he ends up falling asleep right at the board. Um, Willie's a recording engineer, if I didn't already mention that. Um, and he falls asleep right at the mixing board. Um, That that, uh, Bang Jansen douchebag wakes him up and tells him that he's fired. Willie's like, well, you can't fire me. You don't own the studio. I work for the studio. But then there's Tom Lennon right next to Bang Jansen basically saying, no, you're fired. Get out of here. He ends up going home defeated. He ends up having a little bit of an an encounter with a homeless guy named Augie. And then throughout the film, too, uh, like like um, Don mentioned earlier, we see Willie watching these bass playing instructional videos and obviously very old ones from like the 80s or 90s. Um, you know, because the guy is dressed like a total hair headbanger, uh, you know, hair metal guy, and he's giving bass instructions. But the, the guy's bass playing is amazing. I'm a bass player, so I can vouch for the bass playing in this movie. The guy is actually fucking awesome. Um, I meant to look up Unfortunately, I just finished the movie 15 minutes before we started to record, so I didn't really get a lot of research time. But I wanted to look up and see who actually played those baselines in this movie because they're actually pretty impressive. Anyway, after Willie gets fired, he has an encounter with a homeless guy outside uh, named Augie who's always asking him for a croissant because uh, over a month ago, Willie gave him a croissant one day. And now the homeless guy calls Willie, the croissant guy, and expects him to get, bring him a croissant every single day. Uh, again, another attempt at comedy that falls flat. So then basically that evening, um, Emily and Willie get into an argument because, again, Willie can't sleep because of all the noise that Vlad is making. It's not bothering Emily in the slightest because she can just put uh, earbuds in. So she decides to go that she can't stay there in that apartment. Uh, at least for one night. So she decides to go stay with a friend. And as soon as she leaves, Vlad just starts pumping up the EDM over again. And we see Willie go through some kind of psychotic break where we just see him um, uh, seeing flashbacks and they keep repeating over and over in his head. And finally, he just can't take it. So he walks over to Vlad's apartment. Vlad's door happens to be open, so he just walks in, and we see Vlad working out on a weight bench, but he doesn't have any weights. He has buckets of dried concrete as the weights on the bar, so a very gorilla workout set. He basically just starts yelling at Vlad, turn down the music. Please, for God's sakes, turn down this music. I can't take it. Eventually, Vlad kind of starts to antagonize him. What are you going to do, Willie, huh? You going to fight me? You got to punch me? eventually to the point where Vlad takes Willie's hand and pushes him with Willie's hand you know kind of to play like Willie pushed him but it it's actually Vlad and then they kind of slam each other on the wall back and forth and you know finally Willie's like look I don't want to fight you I do not want to fight I just fucking want peace and quiet blah 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 eventually Willie takes for some reason I don't even know why he does this Uh, He ends up taking one of the buckets of concrete off one side, one end of the bar, the the barbell. And the barbell falls, you know, because the other side still has the weight on it. So it falls and it's pointing kind of diagonally up. And any horror fan already basically sees what's being set up. So they go back to fighting. They go back to, you know, yelling and pushing each other. And finally... He gets sick of it and he just pushes Vlad, and Vlad falls forward and literally gets impaled on his barbell right through his fucking heart. I mean, it's literally through his heart. It couldn't possibly have missed. Yet he's not dead. This is why I start thinking oh, he's a vampire. His name is Vlad, and he's got like a, you know, a a, a, a Western European accent or Eastern European
0: accent. It seems like such an obvious. Thing yeah. that would be part of the story, but it's like, did they just accidentally call him Vlad and not realize like what they were implicating?
1: <laughs> Possibly. Maybe they did it on well, purpose. Maybe they threw that implication on purpose to kind of throw us off.
2: Well, the only thing is is that when he first moves in, it's broad daylight, so that kind of just dispels yeah. the vampire impression. <laughs> that valid, valid. Yeah, I mean, that's like the only thing that really goes against it, but yeah, I, I, I did... I did think that towards uh, the end of this sequence here where he does get impaled because that makes sense. But then it's like, oh, wait a second. Yeah, when he first moved in, it was broad daylight. What the hell?
1: Yeah, Yeah, big time. So – so like I said, Vlad is now impaled. Uh, he's 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 basically leaning up against his weight set, his his bench, uh, with with the barbell sticking through his chest, right through his heart. And he's and he's literally telling Willie, Oh, don't worry about it, Willie. It's no big deal, no big deal. Let me just pull myself up. And the weight bench is it's got like Like I said, he doesn't have any weights. All of his quote-unquote weights are either cinder blocks or, you know, um, five-gallon buckets filled with concrete, blah, blah, blah. Um, So at one point, he's trying to pull himself off from the barbell that he is currently impaled on. He ends up pulling on one of the levers or or, uh, something like that, one of the chains on the barbell, and a cinder block comes swinging by and literally fucking decapitates him. Now – I'm willing to forgive this scene because the decapitation looks cool, but my friends, a cinder block is not going to take your head off like that. Not by any fucking stretch of the imagination, but again, horror comedy, so I guess I have to accept it. But like I said, because it looks so cool, uh, I accept it. And as soon as the severed head hits the floor, Vlad is still talking. Vlad is still talking to Willie, like, look at what you did, you knocked my head off, and Willie's like, no, you knocked your own head off, I didn't do anything, you did that to yourself, blah, 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 and then, like Don mentioned earlier, um Willie is watching these uh, bass playing instructional videos, and just like Don said earlier, Out of nowhere, you know, the dialogue in the video or the monologue in the video is very normal. You know, here's an arpeggiated, you know, scale, blah, blah, blah. But then out of nowhere, he's like, well, you killed your neighbor, huh? So now we have to now we have to get rid of the body. This is obviously the first sign that this is all in Willie's head, that this is just some kind of psychosis. Because literally his his instructional video that he's probably watched a thousand times because he's always watching them um just suddenly starts talking and telling him how to get rid of a body and then uh, again more attempts of comedy where um the guy on the video talks about um using acid to break down the body and he's like oh if you have a bathtub all you need is a few gallons of blah 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 acid and you can you know melt down the body and it just leaves a brown sludge that you can just you know flush down the toilet blah 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 so willie runs out buys all of this stuff that he needs to melt the body down, but then he continues to watch the video, and then the guy says, oh, you may wonder how long this is going to take. It's actually going to take three weeks to break down the body completely till it's completely liquefied. And then he's like, well, fuck, I don't have three weeks, because like I said, Emily's staying at a friend's house for the night, so he only has this evening. So then the instructional video then says, well... If you need to get rid of the body quicker than three weeks, uh, a bone saw is just going to be the best way to go. So go to the store, buy a saw, make sure you get plenty of attachments because different attachments work better on different bones, blah, blah, blah. And then that's exactly what we see. Uh, he comes home with like, what are those called? Like a miter saw, I think they're called. Um, and he basically just starts breaking uh, Vlad's body up into pieces. Mind you, Vlad is talking to him the entire time. I mean, like I said, this, this at times this kind of felt like an American werewolf in London, you know, how David's best friend kept appearing to him after mm-hmm. he had gotten killed by the werewolf. It kind of started to feel like that, like they were going for that kind of comedic level, but obviously not coming anywhere near what American werewolf did. Um, so yeah, so he's there cutting the body up into pieces. Vlad's severed head is still talking to him and telling him, "You can't get away with this, Willie. You you just can't get away with it. Why are you even trying?" Blah blah blah. Vlad is almost like the uh, <sighs> what can we like the disappointing voice of reason throughout the entire film. Like it, like he's constantly beating Willie down and telling him, "Oh no, you can't do this or you can't do that." Blah blah blah. All right, so anyway, at this point. Just as he's finished cutting up Vlad's body and he's about to take it to a dumping site, he gets a call from his boss or his former boss at the recording studio. The record And he basically asks um, Willie if he could bring some of those platinum cables from Japan that he has. Now, mind you, this is the day after he was unceremoniously fired from his job any normal human would have told Tom Lennon to go fuck himself. Like, But Willie, being such a wishy-washy idiot, is like, okay, I'll be there in a few minutes. He ends up taking a box of tables to the studio. While he's at the studio, he has an interaction with Augie, the homeless guy, again. Once again, where's my croissant, blah, blah, blah. And finally, um, he's just had it. Like, Willie's just had it with Augie, and he just tells Augie, Augie, leave me the fuck alone, all right? I don't want to talk to you anymore. He pushes him away and gets into his van to leave without bringing the cables inside, which I'm actually applauding Willie for, because fuck Tom Lennon in this movie. Um, And he ends up just in a huff, slamming his van into reverse and just slamming on the pedal to get out of there as fast as he could. He ends up running over the homeless guy, just killing him uh, almost instantly. And what's kind of funny is that the effect, he basically has a tire tread across his head, but it almost looks like a fucking porterhouse steak, (laughs) like a separate. It looks like they glued a porterhouse steak onto his face. I mean, they did the best they could. I'll, I'll give them credit. It's still, it looks gnarly if you don't look directly at it. So let's leave it at that. Um, After killing Augie, he looks down at his hand and notices a very familiar ring uh, on his finger. He then opens up his app or, you know, opens up the video of, you know, the instructional video that he's been watching the whole movie, and it's the same ring that the homeless guy is wearing as the guy in the video. Yes, he literally ran over his bass-playing hero whose videos he's been watching for years. Yeah, coincidence, whatever. So, again, another accidental death. I think you kind of see where the movie's going from here, if you haven't watched oh. it by now. Like I said, at this point, you realize that the movie's going for, like, a Tucker and Dale kind of thing. But, again, Tucker and Dale smokes this movie as far as both its comedy and its gore, for that matter. So, yeah. All right, so he ends up <laughs> – he ends up – um Taking both bodies back to his apartment, the body of Vlad that he's already cut up into pieces, and then Augie's body, I'm assuming he takes him back to his apartment because he's going to cut up Augie's body now, the homeless guy, so that he can get rid of both of them at the same time, what ends up happening is after he gets back to his house... He suddenly hears EDM music coming from Vlad's apartment again. He walks into the apartment. There's Vlad in pieces, still literally in pieces, with his head basically on top of the mound of his body parts. And then Augie, the homeless guy who still has a, you know, crushed face, and they're just sitting there and they're listening to music. Uh, so, you know, I, I think horror fans kind of know what's really happening here. This is obviously a figment of... uh Willie's imagination, these things are basically going to haunt him because he's, you know, obviously got some mental health issues, underlying mental health issues that he maybe didn't know about. And then he basically gets into an argument with them because they're listening to EDM music really, really loud. Um, Willie doesn't like EDM. He likes Prague, but um, Vlad doesn't like Prague. Uh, That Vlad likes EDM. So finally... (laughs) Out of nowhere, somebody pulls out a, I think pull pulls out a bottle of vodka or tequila, some kind of clear alcohol, and they just start drinking. And I'm not exaggerating, folks. Willie and the two dead bodies just start drinking, getting drunk. We get a we get a whole montage scene of them dancing and drinking and blah blah blah. Then when the montage is over, all three of them are laying on the ground looking straight up at the ceiling, uh, still with Vlad's severed head right next to them with no body. And they just start talking, and basically it comes out that, you know, Willie has been working on this album for over three years. And obviously, Augie is uh, his hero, his prog rock hero. So eventually it comes up in the conversation that Vlad and Augie want to hear his music. Even though they've been, even though Vlad's been making fun of prog rock throughout the whole movie, he decides, okay, I want to hear your music. I want to hear what you've been working on. They end up going back to Willie's apartment. Again, don't forget Emily isn't here. She's uh, at a friend's house. And he starts playing the music for them and they love it. Vlad and Augie both love it. They're rocking out and the music's not terrible. You know, it, it, it's not quite what I would expect from a real prog rock band, but from, from a fake prog rock band in a movie, it's actually not too bad. And then as they're listening to the music, Pig Guy walks into his apartment. Um, I mentioned earlier his name is Philip. Emily seems to be the only person in the apartment building that actually calls him Philip. Everybody calls him Pig Guy. And once again, like I said, Philip walks into the apartment, um, Willie's got his music playing really loud, and he basically tells Willie, turn this shit down, I can't take this anymore, you're always playing this shit so fucking loud. Again, don't forget, Willie can't use headphones because of his small ear canals. So, um... He basically goes in, and then he's just, he, you know, after Willie turns the music down, Philip just starts vandalizing his apartment. He throws his guitar on the ground, starts picking up records and slamming them on the ground and breaking them, like just like what the fuck, like it doesn't make sense. Um, and then suddenly uh, Philip picks up a band, a, a, a vinyl record from Willie's favorite band, who actually Augie was a member of in his youth. Like I said, Augie is his hero uh, from the instructional videos. And uh, (laughs) he slams down the record. It breaks. Uh, Willie picks up one of the pieces, one of the bigger pieces, the sharp pieces, of course. And then Philip tries to grab the piece of record out of his hand. They have a struggle back and forth. You already know what's going to happen. Bam, the broken record gets embedded in Philip's neck. He basically has now impaled himself with the record. And Willie doesn't know what to do. He's like, oh, oh shit, I'll get it out. I'll get it out. It'll be okay. Of course, anybody with half a brain knows you never ever pull those kind of wounds out. He ends up pulling the record out, and instantly, Philip just starts bleeding out everywhere. And Willie starts trying to put the record back in the wound to stop the bleeding. But at that moment, Philip just falls over and dies. Philip is now dead. Now, mind you, While Philip, don't forget, Vlad and Augie are here in the room, but Philip didn't see them. When Philip came in to tell him to turn the music down, all he saw was Willie. So just more confirmation that this is all just hallucination or, or, you know, Willie's mental breakdown, whatever the case may be. Um, Eventually, what ends up happening is uh, dead Philip ends up waking up. And attacking uh, Willie ends up pinning him down against a table. And on the table, right within arm's reach, there just happens to be a pile, and I mean a pile, of sharp objects. Ice picks, knives, scissors, like anything that's sharp in a kitchen for some reason is out and on his coffee table. And he literally just starts stabbing Philip in the back. Philip basically has him pinned, so so Willie's back is up against the table. He's reaching over for more and more weapons, just stabbing Philip over and over and over again. Finally, Philip falls down, and and then Willie's like, "Well, shit! Now I got another fucking body to to um, you know break down and uh, take somewhere." And literally, he walks to the kitchen uh grabs a meat cleaver and he and he basically brings the meat cleaver up and brings it down on Philip's arm to to chop his arm off and at that exact fucking moment Emily walks in his girlfriend walks in sees him killing Philip Philip is dead on the ground multiple sharp objects sticking out of his knife blood coming out of his neck Emily freaks out, of course. Uh, they have a little bit of an interaction in the hall where, he's, where Willie's trying to convince her not to go to the cops. Of course, she ends up going to the cops. And uh, the cops end up coming to – they end up arresting Willie because they see him in the hall. He literally never leaves the spot that he fell after Emily pushed him away. Basically, Emily pushed him away, and she ran out of the building to go get the cops. Willie never moves from that spot, and literally the cops show up, they see Willie in the hallway, and based on what Emily told them, you know, Emily told them that she saw him murdering Philip in his apartment, <coughs> excuse me, they end up arresting Willie. Now, while Willie is in his holding cell, uh, it comes to light, or the police get a report um, that there is no body. In Willie's apartment. There is no body. There is no blood. And it doesn't even look like there's been a struggle, like nothing is out of place. And instantly again, it's like, well, what the fuck is going on? Um, So the cops basically tell Willie, well, we can't hold you. Emily said that you killed someone and you obviously didn't because your apartment is spotless. Um, So they almost imply like they're going to arrest Emily for submitting a fake police report or whatever. Um, Willie defends her and says, no, 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 she wasn't lying. Uh, you know, like it, it's weird. Like Willie is trying to admit to killing somebody, but since the cops have no body, they're not hearing it. They're just like, there's no body. So shut up. You didn't kill anybody. So the cops end up releasing Willie at that point. Um, Willie has to go to the hospital to identify a body and whose body is that that he has to identify? It's the landlady, Eleanor. Uh, you remember earlier how I said Eleanor always had Willie doing all the kind of basic repairs in the building, electronics and shit like that, to the point where the circuit breaker in the basement was just a hodgepodge of loose cables and exposed cables and everything. And, you know, Willie told her more than once, you need to get this professionally repaired. Somebody's going to die here and they unzip the body bag and there is eleanor just it looks like she's just got set on fire like she basically has very little flesh left she's mostly skeleton with some hair sticking out and her eyeballs are still intact i guess you always got to have eyeballs so and literally um Willie identifies the body as, yes, that's my landlord, and um, he asks if he could have a couple of minutes alone, you know, with the body. Uh, the coroner says okay and leaves. Literally, the instant the coroner walks out of the room, Eleanor starts talking to him. She wakes up, and she tells him, Willie, you have to finish your album. Why have, you know, You, you all these other distractions don't matter. You have to finish her album. And and this, this scene almost reminds you of the Return of the Living Dead scene where they had the half lady up on the table and she explains why they eat brains. Same thing. Here is a dead woman talking to Willie, telling him, hey, you need to finish this album. It's your life's dream and you're running out of time. If people keep dying around you, you're eventually going to go to jail. So literally she's like, let's finish the album. And... We we basically see Willie and dead Eleanor sneak out of the hospital. Um, they go back to the studio, and when they get to the studio, Vlad, Augie, and Philip are all there waiting for him already, and he's happy. He's like, yeah, everybody's back together. Uh, do you guys want to help me finish my album? And then everybody's like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. Let's finish the album. They all go to the recording studio, and like I said, folks, this is – This is no more than five minutes of movie duration time from when he was released at the police station because they couldn't find a body. Five fucking minutes later, he's at the recording studio getting ready to record the last track that he has to record for his album. And a fucking SWAT team shows up at the recording studio looking for him specifically. They're like, William Brown, please You know, uh, release the hostages and come out quietly, blah, blah, blah. At this point, you're probably wondering who the hell called the cops because there's only two people that aren't ghosts in this situation. It's Tom Lennon's character, the, the studio owner, and Caleb Bang Johnson. One one little bit of comedy that actually did work for me was when he showed up at the studio unexpected um bang and um Tom Lennon are both in their underwear and they're they're both sweating profusely and he's like what were you guys doing and he's like oh nothing we were recording some tracks naked because it just you know it, it gets you closer to nature or whatever uh-huh again Tom Lennon if you know Tom Lennon you know the kind of characters he plays um so he basically now Mind you, all throughout the movie, they've been establishing that no living person can see the ghosts that are with Willie. Every time Willie interacts with one of the spirits, if there's a human there with him, they look at him like, who the fuck are you talking to? What's going on? But when they get to the studio, Ben Johnson and Tom Lennon... Both can see all the fucking spirits. They're literally attacked by them. Uh, Vlad's torso ends up tying up Bang Jansen with his intestines. One of the better uh, sentient intestines scenes I've seen since Dead Alive. Oh, Dead Alive gets another mention on this episode. And um, basically uh, Tom Lennon's character and Bang Jansen are tied to a chair, while Willie and the rest of the ghouls are in the in the recording booth, getting ready to lay down the last track, suddenly out of nowhere, Vlad basically like his intestines start collecting up pieces in the studio, a guitar, drumsticks, microphones, speakers, and it literally forms itself a little body. And Vlad puts his head on top of that body and suddenly horns appear. He he ends up looking very evil, almost demonic. And then he basically starts naysaying Willie saying, Willie, you're not going to finish the album. Why are you even trying? You're a failure. You're a loser. You're never going to finish anything. Blah, 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 blah. And then <laughs> this, this is where I, I have no fucking idea what happens in this ending. Maybe somebody can educate me. Basically, As Vlad, who is now about 12 feet tall, is looking down on Willie, telling him, no, you suck, you can't do this, Willie just starts playing. He just starts playing a song. Suddenly, we see, like, trippy effects and strobes and, and, like, trails and shit, like, you know, we're all on acid or something, and we see Vlad almost acting like he's being attacked, like, ah, like like the power of the music was uh, somehow neutralizing Vlad. Mind you, Vlad's intestines are the drummer. Again, yeah, again, this fucking movie. Okay, so uh, basically they're recording the track. Uh, Eleanor, Eleanor, who is basically a burnt um, skeleton, is in the studio running the board. So apparently she used to be an engineer. And um finally, Willie is playing this song. It's a pretty cool song as it's playing. And then as soon as the song ends, like to indicate, oh, I'm done. We finished the album. We see Vlad's body just explode. It's like, wh- what the fuck defeated him? The power of prog rock <laughs> fucking defeated Vlad? I don't even know what the hell's going on here. I didn't even know Vlad was going to be an antagonist, like this kind of antagonist, you know, just this movie is so disjointed. So anyway, um, the entire time that they're recording the song, Emily is outside telling a story about when they went to Big Bear. And it's basically just a ploy for her to uh, basically just delay the cops to kind of keep them from rushing the studio before Willie is done with the song. And she's just, every time it goes back to her talking, she's telling some other useless anecdote about this trip to Big Bear that they went to. Uh, Like I said, she's just delaying the SWAT team from charging in. Um, Basically right after Willie finishes playing the song and Vlad, Explodes, Vlad's body explodes. Basically, the rest of the band and Eleanor all disappear as well. And Willie is sitting there like, yes, I did it. I finished. And just as he's talking, he's tackled by a police officer who just rushed the studio. And he is now in custody. But he did finish his album. All right. So cut to one year later, Willie is in prison and he's watching the Grammys. And guess who wins the fucking Grammy for Best Album of the Year? Of course, William Brown. After, after everything that he went through and going to prison uh, for three consecutive life sentences. He got three life sentences for, I, I guess, just for the ones that they could prove that he actually killed. Uh, he got life sentences for those. And um, like I said, just he's in prison. Uh, his, his his album wins the Grammy and um he's being visited by Emily in prison and Emily lets him know that oh, I left something in your prison cell for you when he gets back to the cell it's um it's a little machine like a little um like a like a processor, like a sound processor that makes like beats and like different electronic sounds blah blah blah. and he's basically just in his cell playing with it with his brand new earbuds that apparently Uh, Some company had heard about his condition, that his um, ear canals were underdeveloped, so they specially made some earbuds for him specifically so that he can now work on his music in peace and quiet. And that's how the movie ends, just Willie sitting in his cell with a big old (laughs) smile on his face because he's finally got his peace and quiet and he's able to work on his music uninterrupted. And that, my friends, is Destroy All Neighbors 2024. No post credit scene, so there's no need to stick around. And I'm glad I'm done talking about it. Back to you, Mike.
2: Thank you think God the you missed a, I'm just glad you missed the whole section of the film because you missed the uh, journey to the smelting refinery. The Yeah, yeah, there's,
1: the, uh, yeah
2: there's a bunch there's of stuff. There's
1: a lot. Left. Exactly. I mean, so much of it has little bearing to this fucking, I mean, I should have brought up the the visit to the refinery because Camille Nanjani is actually in that scene. That's the security guard. And he does that show on Comedy Central with Camille. So um, it makes sense that he's in this movie. So um, it's not it's still not very funny, which is why I didn't bring it up. You know, the the, the back and forth that they have is still not very comedic. So (laughs) and like I said, it doesn't really have a whole lot of bearing on the basic story of the movie. So, yeah. I skipped a lot, folks, I assure you. Uh, but I'm yes. done. Yes. Um, <laughs> all right, yeah.
0: So that's uh, Destroy All Neighbors in this episode of Fresh Cuts. But let's find out where we well, can be found elsewhere. So, uh, Venom, I, I don't know. I guess I could say for us, I can take care of the Fresh Cut stuff. Uh, we have our episode on uh, our top ten. It's still kind of new. It's just, it's only been out about a week now, so check that out. And uh, Night Swim, uh, it's uh-huh. not a podcast, so I would say check it out. But outside of that, uh, it, it needless to say, we weren't very impressed with Night Swim either. So I mean, check out the movie, not the looking, check out the podcast, not the
2: movie
1: yeah yes, uh, not the movie <laughs>
0: <laughs> um all right, so that that gets you pretty much caught up on fresh cut unless you wanna go back to last year to like look up different specific uh movies, but that's kind of what we have out this year so far so uh venom outside of those episodes, what else you got, if anything?
1: Uh, Nothing else new from me. Um, No More Room in Hell presents Creature Comforts. Episode 21 is still the latest episode where we looked at Godzilla Minus One. We do have a recording scheduled for episode 22, which will be this coming weekend, so... Barring any unforeseen tragedies or unexpected events, we should be recording this weekend and hopefully within a week after that the episode will be out. Uh, we will be looking at uh, Rawhead Rex, which uh, I have not watched that movie in over 20 years, so it's, it's going to be practically a first time watch for me. So that should be a fun little episode. So uh, look out for that. I, of course, will announce it here when that episode is available. And I think that's it, folks. Yeah, I, I just, like I said, December, with everything that was going on in my life, just didn't really get a lot of chances to record any shows, and you know, outside of Fresh Cuts, which, you know, will always be here every week for Fresh Cuts, barring any major tragedies. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much it for me. Episode uh, Creature Comforts 21, and look out for Episode 22 in the next week or so.
2: All right, let's kick it over to Don. What do you got? Uh, not much else um as mentioned we've got uh a date now for creature comforts but um how often we tend to forego those uh well just play it by year um uh again, we mentioned last time that uh the latest uh, main show'll we'll have yours truly on there but um again uh recording dates are fleeting and uh Not really worth uh, cementing in stone, so uh, again, we'll keep you updated on that. Um, Season three of Horror Countdown is available. um, Three episodes in, I have um, discussions on uh, holiday horror films, um, top film each year of the 1980s, and uh, Most Unsettling, which is uh, the newest episode, which are all um, available for you. Uh, The only other thing is a uh, couple of, um, you know, tip-for-tap recordings with uh, various podcasts I've done for, um, you know, coming on my show. I come on theirs and uh, do a guest spot with them, but um, as seems to be the case here, uh, those will uh, be announced when uh, they're released. So I I don't know when they're going to be out, but uh, when they will, um, I guess I'll uh, mention them then. But uh, I, I guess that's pretty much all on my end.
0: Alright, um, yeah, I don't have anything else outside of Fresh Cuts, uh, we'll be looking to try to schedule an episode of the main show for later this month, and as far as our next episode, there is actually a new movie hitting the theater, uh, not much has been said about it, I don't know how much anticipation there's been for it, because I haven't really heard anything about it. I remember, uh, knowing of the movie, but... I just happen to like look at what's coming out in the theater just to see, and it is this this weekend. It's Founder's Day, so I guess <laughs> hot off the uh, the holiday horror of Thanksgiving, they're like, hey, what other holiday can we make a horror movie of? I know Founder's Day. It looks like it's a slasher. I, I that's what I'm assuming. I haven't watched a trailer or anything, so I don't know. But that's based on the cover. I mean, it looks like a dude in a mask. That's probably <laughs> killing people. So <laughs> like that kind of tips you off right there. It's a, it, it looks like a slasher. Um, it is rated R. So maybe there's some hope for some kills because like <laughs> I don't know. Th- Thanksgiving is one of those movies where it it, it did enough with like the gore and the quality of kills that like the very neck the fact that the very next slasher wide release is another holiday horror like a holiday themed horror it's like i have a feeling that thanksgiving is still going to be fresh enough in people's minds that if this one like skimps on the kills or the gore <laughs> it better be really good in other places so we'll we'll see i, I like i said I, I know next to nothing about anyone involved or who's even in it so uh but we'll figure out in a few days cuz it's It's coming out this week So that's very likely Our next episode Um, But yeah With that, uh, thanks everyone for listening Uh, 2024 And Yeah, let's uh, say bye to our listeners
1: Later Finish the album God, for fuck's sake, just finish your album Stop blaming everybody else for your problems
0: (laughs) It all starts with Banging on the wall Peace Peace